Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for mumpreneurs by mumpreneurs. Each week we're diving into mum approved business and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and family friendly business. Today I'm your co-host Michelle Ponvert. And I'm Olivia Radcliffe. And we are going to be talking about something I think we're going to get on a lot of soapboxes about, and that's selling. Selling as not a dirty word, as not a sleazy thing, but as a necessity as business owners. And I think we have some pretty hot takes. So I'm really excited for this. This is something Olivia and I talk about a lot in our WhatsApp <laughs> chats. So <laughs> it's been on the books for a while for a podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it is kind of a hot button topic, I think, for a lot of business owners, at least a lot of people I work with, they have a lot of blocks around sales in particular. Mm-hmm. which is kind of ironic because if you're in business, you, you kind of need to make money. I mean, unless you're a nonprofit, but even then you still need to do some level of sales and bringing in profits and such. Not profits, but, you know, funds. Money. <laughs> money, money. Um, so let's, I know you feel very strongly about this. <laughs> um, so do you want to dive in with, with your take first? Oh my gosh. Let me just get on my uh, high horse and talk about my soapbox about sales. Personally, I'm a very direct person. I am not very good at beating around the bush. I'm not very great at reading subcontext of like body cues and everything. So I love when people are really clear and direct with what's for sale, how I can buy things, if something is for sale and how it's going to work. I really prefer and kind of struggle when it's not so straightforward and clear. And I find particularly in the online business space, a lot of people dance around the fact that they're selling something. And as a consumer, I find that really challenging. I struggle to know if something's going to be a right fit for me, how much I'm expected to invest, when I might even be able to buy something. So I've adopted a really straightforward and very clear process for selling in my own business. And we've kind of adopted it in our joint business of just being like upfront and saying, hey, this is the thing we're selling. This is how much it costs. Here's how you can buy it. We're not going to hide the fact that you know we're doing a push for it now, um, because that's how I need to buy things. <laughs> but I think, in a general sense, I really find it kind of strange. I've never struggled as much with selling because I love buying, and I would love to buy things in the same way I sell things, and sell things in the same way I buy things. In the sense of when we want something when we're really excited about something if you've got your eye on like a new dress or a fancy bit of tech it's really exciting it's really shiny and we kind of fall in love with the idea of having that thing the idea of what that thing could do for our lives who we might be when we have that thing and buying is such a pleasurable experience it's something we almost feel like we're treating ourselves to so it seems really paradoxical (laughs) that then the selling process or the process of actually doing that exchange of money for goods and services can be a really horrible experience, be really uncomfortable when you're providing something to people who actively want what you have, who have money available and are willing to give it to you in exchange for the thing you have. I personally just really find it hard to separate those two things of like being a happy buyer and being a comfortable seller. I think they go hand in hand. So I always like to bring it back to you should sell the way you like to buy. And if you like to buy things in an easy, comfortable way that's really direct, then sell that way. 
if you like a lot of like warming up before you purchase something, maybe then selling that way makes sense for you too. But I don't think they should be two very disparate, separate things because they're just two sides of the same transaction, the same coin. <laughs> And that's our podcast. All right. Thank you for joining us. That's it in a nutshell. Um, I I love what you said about, you know, sell like you like to buy because it it, like, I I like buying stuff when it's something I need or something that's going to make my life better, solve a problem for me one way, shape or form. Like having that thing brought to me and say, here, buy this thing. This is going to help with that problem. It it makes me feel so much better. You know, Mm -hmm. it helps me get to that next level I want to get to. And I don't do well with people who kind of, um, kind of sidestep the sale a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. And and I really, really, really do not like conversations that start off as kind of like a friendly, Hey, how you doing? I'm going to get to know you. And by the way, I'm selling this thing. Mm, the bait that, and switch. <laughs> yeah. Well, it makes me feel, it hits me on so many different, you know, wound levels from my childhood past everything of feeling like, oh, wait a minute, you don't really care about me. Mm. You were just trying to make the sale. Whereas if they came to me first and said, hey, I see you have this issue. I have this thing or this service that's going to fix it. Would you like it? I, I want to help you with this. Like I have something that can help you. I would feel a million times better about that than I would, than I do about people just kind of pretending they're my friend first. Yeah, it is. It's a really strange thing that I think because we're doing this online, I think it does sort of take an extra layer of the sales process like that we don't have in a real life, like (laughs) in-person sales interaction. If I'm going to the pharmacy and I need to buy hand cream, I just ask for the hand cream and give them my money. It's much more transactional. But when we're online, particularly with services or service adjacent things like programs and coaching, I feel like a lot of people want to bridge the awkwardness of we can't just walk into the shop and hand you money and get the thing we want because it is a longer term thing, because it is, you know, a partnership, it's it's a different relationship than just buying hand cream. I think they're trying to bridge it with almost trying to be friends first, but we didn't walk into their proverbial shop, we didn't come onto their website, we didn't book a call with them, because we wanted a friend, we wanted to solve the problem, or reach the desired solution, get the hand cream that they have. So I think there's this weird level of pretense that people put on, And I agree, it's kind of off-putting, especially if you do think people maybe are wanting to be friends with you and then turn around and try and sell something to you. It's very confusing and very, I don't know, disarming. I'd much prefer it just be clear. (laughs) Hey, you want to be friends? Let's have a friend chat and we can explore what that means. Or, hey, you've got a problem. Or, hey, you're trying to reach some desired solution, some desired outcome. Here, I have some things available. I just, I don't know. I think it just got really messy with this whole online space. And and perhaps some of that's due to the way that the platforms we have those conversations on are controlling the way we're allowed to sell. Um, you know, being on social media, being in social media groups, there is a lot of outside forces that are controlling how we're allowed to talk about buying and selling in those containers, which is a whole other rabbit hole. <laughs> No, but that that's 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 a good rabbit hole. Let's explore it for a little bit because I think you touched on a good thing about in a lot of, you know, 
business groups online, a lot of Facebook groups, they'll have rules uh, that you cannot directly sell. Like you can't come on and just explicitly promote your products or services, which they, they do that for a good reason. Because if a community on Facebook starts to get super spammy and it's just a lot of promotion back and forth, Facebook will actually eventually shut that thing down. Like they, they want it to be a good, useful user experience for everybody. They don't want it to just feel bad. I think um, they also don't want the competition for their ad spend, but you know. <clears throat> that is another podcast episode. But, um, but yes, um, but it, it is something that when you are conditioned by being in all these groups to, well, mm -hmm. you can't directly sell, but yeah. you can get on and kind of breadcrumb a little bit and say, oh, hey, I'm sharing a win. I just launched this new thing and I'm so excited because all of these amazing people who are fit this description right here bought this amazing thing that does X, Y, Z and I only sold it for this amount of money. You know, it could be yours for a low, easy price. <laughs> you, you have to do those backdoor sales. And mm -hmm. that starts to be, I think, how people start to talk. They feel then very uncomfortable about just saying, hey, I launched this thing. This is who it helps. If this is you, here it is. Um, yeah, I think that, I mean, that's, I think we even touched on it in another episode of how I actually found myself just removing myself from all the communities where that was the way, because I can't manage that like I can't interpret it as a reader of those types of posts I really genuinely don't know the intention behind it yeah. but I'm also absolutely terrible at writing them <laughs> every mm -hmm. time I would try my hand at a breadcrumby kind of post I'm just too direct and the admins would flag me I'm like hey I'm doing the thing you told me to I'm obviously not very good at it yeah. but it, it's um yeah it's training people to sell in such a strange back woods way it's it's contagious i think across all their other content yeah it, it i do want to put out there that there are some people like i know i have gone on and shared about i'm just really stinking excited i had this launch and got this many people in it i wasn't expecting that many and you can just get on and share your stuff without mm. it being intention of backdoor selling so i just want to put that out there because um it, I think a lot of it comes from the intention behind mm -hmm. the sale. And the intention behind your, like, putting something out there. As you said, putting something out there with just the joy of I had a happy thing happen is very different than, oh, I'll use this great result or I'll use this, you know, big win in order to sell. I think we can all see that coming, right. even if we're not good at reading between the lines like I'm not. Well, Let's chat for a little bit about some of the reasons why the sales feels so hard for some people, mm. like the reasons why it feels so, so sleazy and slimy and all yeah. sorts of other S words. Um, <laughs> really sexy. Um, <laughs> yes. I don't know. I think a lot of it comes from having been on the other side of bad sales experiences. Like I think we've all been on the side of a really bad salesperson or a really pushy salesperson or being cornered into buying things we don't want. I've shared previously in my community about the time we were forced to spend a lot of money replacing a door when our key just got stuck in the lock and we got completely cornered to spend, you know, 300 times what we had anticipated for a locksmith. And those kind of pressured really kind of aggressive 
cornering types of sales dynamics, I think do put a bad taste in your mouth when you turn around and try and sell your things that aren't in that pushy sort of way. But I think weirdly we get kind of hung up on those bad lived experiences we've had and not wanting to repeat that. Kind of negative stereotypes out there about Mm. what sales is. It's pushy, it's manipulative, it's dishonest. You know, it's something that's so focused solely on just getting the money, not Mm. really helping the person. So I think there's a a deep fear of being perceived as greedy. which could also come from, you know, our own money blocks, things we've learned about money growing up about, you know, it being selfish or greedy or, you know, bad people have money, you know, all sorts of things like that, um, that, that could really um, be kind of scared to sell your products and services, maybe make you feel a little bit guilty that you're getting Mm. paid for something, especially if it's something that comes so naturally and easy to you. I know I've talked with a lot of people who are like, but this is so easy for me. Why, why would anyone spend money on this? Mm. And I think you forgot that just because it's your zone of genius, something that's really, really good and easy and natural talent that you have um, doesn't necessarily mean it's easy for everybody else. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good point. It's undervaluing, not just in thinking that you're not worth it, but also just not recognizing the value of the thing you're bringing to the table. I think that's a really, really good point. I wonder if there's also kind of an element of people who've been like socialized as female being taught to not want or desire the outcome of selling. Like we're not really encouraged to want to have money, to hold space, to be visible, to take up that kind of space to ask so directly. I wonder if that's kind of a part of it, at least in the online business world, we women, there are a lot of people who are, you know, socialized as female. And, and I wonder if there's kind of layers of that weird kind of cultural gendered stuff that we're sort of working through as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's layers of that. Hmm. And, and I think probably a lot of it is to the online business world, even if it's not all in America, it does feel very American centric, which is a much more capitalist sort of society than other parts of the world. And even if, you know, I'm in France, I'm an Australian, I didn't culturally grow up American. I spent a long time there, so I do understand it to some degree, but I do feel like it is kind of dictated by this capitalist more and more um, growth kind of mentality that especially for those of us that didn't grow up with that it can be kind of surprising and jarring and I think I see you know other people who are non-Americans also kind of mirroring and taking on that kind of attitude because that is the attitude of this place we work in this sort of industry does feel like it is very capitalist very growth very money oriented but we can't talk about it but we can't actually acknowledge that's what we want I feel like it's these two very strange levels of you got to grow, you got to be big, you got to get to seven figures in seven minutes, but we can't ask for money. We can't make sales directly. We can't actually say here we have something in exchange for your money. I find it just absolutely baffling. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it is a very interesting paradox to be stuck in for sure. Yeah. I don't think Um, we have any solutions here for everyone listening. (laughs) Like, I don't know, try your best to think sort of I think critically and cautiously and thoughtfully about how you buy and how you want to at least show up in your sales processes, in your sales conversations. You know, you can't get rid of generational ways and traumas of dealing with money and 
Whole... I mean, actually, you can call me. I'll help you with that. <laughs> I mean, call Olivia, then work through that. <laughs> but in the meantime, <laughs> those of us who just have to get on and do stuff, I do think at least trying to think about where those icky feelings when you are selling come from, trying to actually give those space and understand, is it real or is it just conditioned stuff that you were taught? Um, right. And try right. being a little more direct. Try actually asking in spaces where that is safe and allowed. Um, I found it really liberating to just say, I've got a thing for sale that costs as much. Here you go. <laughs> I really like it. Well, and I think a lot of sales is is confidence, like mm. both in yourself and your sales practices, mm. um, but also in in what you have to offer. You know, True. I think a lot of what holds people back from selling is that fear of rejection. Mm. You put so much of yourself into your products and services as an entrepreneur that it it can feel really personal when someone turns you down. Mm. Um, and so I think if you can kind of come to terms with that fear and feel really, really good about what you have to offer, understand that it is something that's going to change someone's life for the better. Even if it's just a small thing, it is going to impact someone's life and help them have a better day today. Mm -hmm. And if you can sit down and just write out um, 20 reasons why they should be buying that thing from you, particularly, why are you the reason for that? 20 reasons why you are helping that group of people you're helping. And then 20 reasons why that thing you're offering is going to help them. How is it going to change your life? What are they going to get out of that? I think that's going to help um, reframe your conversation a little bit about it mm -hmm. and shift your perspective from a place of, um, from a place of, I am trying to make a sale. I'm trying to make money to a place of, they need this thing. I'm trying to help solve their problem. Like this is going to change their lives mm. and don't feel that way about your products. And that's where, like, if you have issues writing out that those funny things, then that's where we need to sit down and really think through, okay, what can I do to make my offer a little bit better so that it is actually going to uh, have an impact or I'm going to feel really, really good about this thing mm. or what blocks do I need to come, um, come up to and really work through that's going to make me feel like I'm worthy of selling this, that I am worthy of being an entrepreneur who is out there helping people making money. Um, yeah. Kind of pinpointing where that that sales block is really coming from. Is it your, maybe it's also because you don't really feel passionate about, you know, the, the, the audience you're talking <laughs> to or the issues you're solving. Mm -hmm. If you're just in it to make money, then that there's nothing wrong with making money. Absolutely. That's the whole point of this podcast, I think. But <laughs> um, I do think you have to have some level of, of, I don't know, belief, confidence in what you're putting out there and yeah. how you're putting it out there. Yeah. And then I, I think just to kind of put a bow on it, I think it's, it's also a skill. It's a muscle you have to practice yeah. and use and keep warm. And the more you sell, the easier it gets. So there is also just kind of repetitions to be done and I think it does help with the sting of the no of the rejection of people not following up after a sales call or ghosting you after an inquiry it just helps if you do start to just take it as the reps you have to do to get better at selling and just take it as practice yeah. not every single conversation is going to result in money in your bank account that's okay the goal is to help you get better at them and better at 
surviving and managing and even maybe enjoying the process of having those conversations. Yeah, and creating those win-win relationships mm. with your audience, with your customers, where everybody kind of benefits. Definitely, yeah. Oh, I love it. I love a good soapboxy podcast episode. <laughs> Anything you want to tie up with a lovely bow before we sign up? I, I, I think that... I mean, we could talk forever about this subject, I, I think so, because we could get really <laughs> into, um, but I really think it does come down to uh, understanding that, that perspective shift mm -hmm. from that place of, I'm just making money with this to that place of, I am helping someone. Because yeah. if someone were standing in front of you, uh, I've used this, this uh, example before, but if you were in a park and um, this guy comes up and he's in excruciating back pain and he sits down on the bench and he's, he's in tears because his back hurts so bad and you're a chiropractor and you can look at him and say, I know exactly how to fix that so that you would feel better instantly. Would you sit there and let the guy sit there crying in pain or would you say, hey, sir, I know how to help you. My, my office is right around the corner. Like I can fix that in five minutes. You know, it's looking at your audience has some level of pain point, no matter what you're selling, there is some problem, some pain point, some level that they need your products and services. And are you going to let them just sit in that pain point? Or are you going to help them with it? Mm. Or let them try and find help from people who are potentially not as honest or thoughtful or as caring as you, you know, there's also that side. If they don't find it from you, they will go find it somewhere else. And only you know that you're definitely the right hands for certain people. So I think there's a bit of a duty there of not letting them get in the wrong hands. <laughs> yeah. It is your duty to sell. Go sell and make money. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the way to end this episode. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for listening this week uh, to Marketing Like a Mother. If you found value in the show today and want to support some fellow mompreneurs, we really appreciate a rating and telling a business friend about the show. I also want to encourage you to go and check out our shiny squirrel tracker. It is a super fun, super cool template that we made in Notion that helps you capture all of the shiny ideas, all the fun things you want to do, all of those creative sparks, put them in one place and then sort them out so you know exactly what you're going to work on next. It is a super, super useful resource. We use it day in, day out as well. So if you want to check that out, it is in the link in the description. And until then, we will be back next week with more marketing tips for busy mums with businesses. Until then, take care.